Hey, you're tuning into Unleash Your Inner Goddess, season two, where we deep dive into life and business as a neurodivergent entrepreneur. This season is dedicated to fellow ADHDers, autists, those with dyslexia, sensory processing, bipolar, and more. Okay, so we all know life as an entrepreneur is wildly different from those who work a nine to five, have a boss to report to, are generally a small cog in a big machine. Like we are literally the boss, we are the cog, and we are the machine. And when we started our businesses, I imagine we identify with one or more of the following. We couldn't hack the expectations of a typical job, particularly having a boss to report to. Perhaps it was distracting in a noisy office, the mundane meetings or the processes you had to follow as part of the job. I know people that have to track every minute they work when they take a five minute break to make a brew. Or even if you are just interrupted every few minutes at your desk when you're expected to do important tasks, working in an office is hard. Perhaps we wanted more time to be with our families, not missing children's award assemblies, taking holidays without seeking permission off the boss. Maybe you were never really interested in a job and were drawn more to being a business owner, wanting the freedom, the creativity and the choice to work where suited you best. Or perhaps you wanted to make money on your terms. And some of the above isn't neurodivergent specific, of course, but there is research that shows the entrepreneurial community has a particularly large percentage of neurodivergent folk in it. And I think this is partly because we don't feel like we fit into the neurotypical world of jobs, busy offices, reporting to others, all those things. But also because we think differently. We see things from a different perspective. We think outside the box. And we have skills and abilities that really lend themselves to building successful businesses. But on the other hand, those same neurodivergences come with challenges too. And this can sometimes be the start of the end, especially if we don't seek to understand and learn from our experiences. Our brains are actually wired to look for the bad, the scary, and the thing that might put us in danger. And if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, it is a good thing. If you think back to thousands of years ago, people would hunt for food, they would shelter outside, and they would come across predators that they would need to run away from. If they didn't look for the danger or the threat, they'd not focus on it, and before they'd know it, they'd have been eaten by the bear, right? This mechanism is what keeps us safe. It activates our fight or flight response and it helps us deal with potential threats. Typically though, now in this day and age, our stresses aren't life-threatening for the most part. But our bodies act in just the same way when we get a we-need-to-talk text as if a bear was charging at us. So on one hand, it's really important to be aware of any danger, you know, potential threat or something we perceive as bad, air quotes on bad, But we need to also be mindful of how much focus we are putting onto it, especially if it's something about ourselves that we can't do much about. And you might have noticed I said something perceived as bad before. And that's because we can attach feelings, emotions and past experiences onto things to determine if we think something is bad or good. And having a neurodivergence just is. It's neither bad or good. It's neutral. It's like waking up to rain on your birthday. That's neither bad or good. It just is. It's neutral. If it's something we have no control over, it just is. It can be neutral. We have no control over whether we are born with a neurodivergence or not. So if we can view how we operate and think as neutral, we can begin to understand and learn from our experiences as a neurodivergent person today. So depending on what neurodivergence you have and how it presents, and remember not everyone diagnosed as having ADHD will have the same traits, You might not have the same challenges in your life and business that others have. 
um, and you have them at different degrees of severity, difficulty or ease. Having ADHD myself, I can see some similarities to other folk with ADHD, but I can also see differences. I can see how certain things really hold me back and throw me off course that others seemingly have no issue with or vice versa. And it is a very personal journey to find out what works well for you. This is one of the reasons I lean away from things like, I did X, Y, and Z to get to 10K months, so if you copy my exact strategy, you'll get there too, kind of thing. Or, you know, follow this foolproof plan to launch your product. It doesn't work for everyone, okay? Especially those who operate differently, the cookie cutter approach just doesn't work. We end up following it to the letter and end up overwhelmed, demoralized, you know, we begin to hate what we're doing, or we fail at the first hurdle because it's not made for us, right? And then we feel so shit that we can't do this, air quotes, foolproof thing. And then we berate ourselves and end up wanting to throw in the towel. I've been there and I've done that. And this was one of the reasons that I actually created a container program called The Difference, where you had the community and the group aspect of a course or program, but it was very much still your individual journey through acceptance to embracing all that you are to bring yourself into full alignment and smash your own goals and your own metrics and level up in a way that worked best for you. And if you identify as having ADHD, and the following might also fit you too as a non-ADHDer, you might find that you struggle with these extra hurdles on top of the usual business roadblocks. Now, these are just some that I struggle with. Um, it is not like a one-size-fits-all situation as we've just spoke about. Um, but distraction, inability to focus, procrastination, needing extra support, planning and executing tasks. And your specific neurodivergence might mean you don't seem to struggle with the above, but you need more support with things like grammar or numbers, math work like bookkeeping, perhaps understanding what you have read or being able to collaborate with others and building your network out. When we can accept ourselves as we are, neurodivergence and all, we can then start to look at avenues to work around our extra roadblocks. Our brains are amazing things. They are constantly learning new things, they can adapt and they can change. And this is called neuroplasticity and it is essential for our success and our growth. And knowing this puts us at a massive advantage. We've met ourselves where we are and we know that we can find workarounds. We've given ourselves permission, permission to try new things, to find out something doesn't work, to log data, to get closer to finding out what does help us. We've given ourselves permission to work with who we are right now to collaborate with our neurodivergence and go, okay, I know you're sticking around. Why don't we work together and work out how we work best? And for me, that was looking at what part of the day I was more or less focused on my work. When was I more distracted? Did it correlate to how hungry I was? What environment I was in? If I'd slept well the night before? If I listened to a certain type of music? I looked at what might cause me to get distracted in my surroundings. Was it people passing by the window? Was it beeps of various household machines? Hello, working from home. Um, was it my phone being on my desk or just general clutter? And once I viewed my neurodivergence as a neutral thing rather than something bad, something discouraging or something to hold me back, it became almost a game, a trial and error, an experiment. What was going to lead me to more ease in my life what helped me to have more flow in my business? And ultimately, what aligned my outer life, which is, you know, my external experiences, to my inner being? And that is your mind. It's what I call my inner goddess, right? Hence the name of the podcast. And you might not call yours a goddess. Call it whatever you prefer or have no distinct name for it. But let me tell you a little bit more about what it is. It's that part of you that is your best self. 
that wants peace, alignment and forward motion. The person that you are capable of being, the person you could be when you are thriving, when everything feels like it's falling into place, the person who is on the path to success, because the path, the journey is what we really strive for as the definition of success for us is ever changing. It's ever evolving and the goalposts are always moving and it should, that is a good thing. And some people I speak to call their inner being their inner cheerleader, their creative lioness, their inner badass or best self. What is that inner being for you? Have a little think. Who is that, that best version of you? How do you identify with that? If you found today's episode useful and you resonate with accepting your neurodivergence as part of who you are, it just is. I would love, love, love for you to join us in our Drive to Thrive community for neurodivergent and neuroinclusive entrepreneurs. The link is in the show notes. And if you also identify as having ADHD, you can download my free 30 productivity hacks for ADHD entrepreneurs PDF in the show notes too. Next episode is all about guilt, shame and embarrassment and how these are holding you back from showing up and kicking ass in your business as a neurodivergent entrepreneur. All right, that's it from me. Take care.